welcome back. We are talking uh, million dollar careers. Once again, I got my good friend Rob Houghton with me. Rob is uh, the president of uh, MR Fairfax up in uh, Winchester, Virginia. He is the uh, the man when it comes to executive recruiting for the insurance industry. We've been friends for a long time. Happy to have you back. What's happening, Rob? Thanks, Craig. Good to be back. It is cold in Winchester this morning. Wow. 22 degrees, man. It was 40 here. We're going to be 80, though, on Wednesday. Are you serious? Wow. Yep. Yep. It was nice. Very cold. But yeah, I'm, 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 as always, I'm looking forward to this week and looking forward to the topic of the day, man. Yeah, it was great. It was a good weekend. I, you know, March Madness is in uh, March Madness. Yeah. Sat out back yesterday with my feet up against the fireplace and my uh, had my AirPods in. I was watching a ball get a couple of ball games on uh, my iPhone. Absolutely. And, uh, man. What a great, what a great, I love March Madness. Yeah. So, Never know what's going to happen, man. Well, that's why, you know, so my wife was asking me, Warren Buffett, is he still giving away a billion dollars if you get a perfect bracket? I said, no, I don't think he's doing that anymore. And she's like, has every, anybody ever done that? And I said, if you know something about basketball, you know, if you're a basketball expert, the odds of getting a perfect bracket are one in 120 billion. Wow. Holy cow. You think about that. And if you're just flipping coins, it's like one in nine quintillion. I mean, it's the odds are, yeah, like, yeah, you probably wrap nickels around the uh, the earth and have a better chance of picking. You know, it's like it's, it's trying to find the the right nickel. Yeah, I played it's, basketball uh, in college, uh, Division One. You know, mm-hmm. for St. Bonaventure, and uh, I used to try and pick those uh, brackets. And I and I quickly realized the more you know about basketball, the inside story, the less chance you have. Mm-hmm. Because the March Madness, it all has to do with teams that take on risk, that change mm-hmm. things up, that get lucky. There's so many variables in there. It's very difficult. To you got to show up. Yeah. Who who the hell thought Fairleigh Dickinson would beat Purdue? You know, Purdue showed up every game. You know, they a fantastic season. And then, you know, Fairleigh Dickinson comes in and either they, yeah, who knows? It's, you know. Yeah. Who's I think what spurred those guys on is I think somebody from Purdue called them fairly ridiculous instead of fairly Dickinson or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is, right? Fairly so. ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, no, man. It's, it's all, all good. All but, good. But, but that's kind of what the topic about today is, is threading the needle. And, you know, the, you know, the low odds. And I, I just, you know, I, and, you know, you think about that. You've had it where you 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 get a call, hey, we want you to do a search for us. You're sort of excited for the conversation, and then you're like, yeah, you 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 know, let's talk about the let's talk about the job, let's talk about the position, and then you're not excited about it anymore because you're like, you know, who the, you know, th- this is a non-starter. Yeah, you ever it, gotten that one? This is never going to happen. You know, it's usually from like a small agency. Like a mom and pop guy, he finally realizes he's got to hire a senior producer or a senior person. And I'm talking with this guy and I'm asking him, like, what is your purpose? What do you have? What what can I sell to a candidate to get them interested to even sit for an interview with you? And there's always like this long silence at the, at, at, at the end of the phone. And, and it's like, 
you know, what do you have to offer? And I start thinking to myself, this is a non-starter. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to find a person to work in this 15 person office in the middle of Timbuktu. And by the way, they have to come into the office eight to five, you know. Yeah. What about when it's a premier company? Well, if it's a premier company, then my attitude is, you know what? If anybody could do it, I wouldn't be called, you know. If it was that easy, anybody uh, could yeah. do it. And then I my agree. pride takes over and I say, I, I will take that search because yep. there's always a way to find a person. You know, I mean, there's always a person out there. The, the but question is the right person. There's always a person, but is it the right person? It, exactly. Right, right. It, and that's why, that's why I say threading the needle. Yeah, exactly. And 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 now what I'm I'm starting to do is making people back into the logic. I yeah, I'll give you an example. I've been working this search since three turndowns on because the company has no creativity. Yeah, right. You were telling me about this. Yeah. And it comes down to, you know, I finally wrote, you know, the you know, you know, wrote them a note, gave them a call. And said, hey, look, you know, you've had three turndowns on this thing because you can't get out of your own. You know, the market is telling you, you know, three people are telling you the city's expensive, tax rates are high. I have to move, which means I got to get rid of my three and a half percent mortgage and go find something else at six or seven, nearly seven percent now. The game has changed a little bit. Figure out how to make it work. Be creative. And I wonder if people are losing their creativity a little bit. You know, yeah. a, a person, you think about, okay, we want a leader who has, who's run a division, who's got about 10 years of experience in PL management. We want them to relocate, but oh, by the way, we think this person is going to make $180,000 a year. Yeah. You're threading the needle. So let's back into this one a little bit. Yeah. Someone who wants to make $180,000 a year is probably making $160,000 a year now right. on, a on a base, yeah. right? Yeah. So you got to give them about a 10% bump because, you know, maybe a little bit more than 10, 10%, maybe a little bit more than 10% bump. And then you want the experience and you want somebody who's done it. Do you really think that there's a hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty thousand dollar a year person out there who's meeting the specs to what you want? Yeah. So I went back into it is a little bit differently. So uh using that same example, right? Mm -hmm. So so you're gonna have to find somebody at 155, 160 or something like this for this hundred and eighty thousand dollar position. So what I'll do is I'll say, well. You know, something has to give. So would you consider, and I always ask him this open-ended question, would you consider taking on somebody with less experience, but maybe has more attributes, mm -hmm. maybe has some of those critical skills, critical attributes that you as a firm really value? I mean, if, if, mm -hmm. if I can find somebody that has the attributes and the skills, the attitude, the personality that's in direct alignment with your corporate culture and your strategic vision. If I could find somebody like that, that doesn't have 15 years, but maybe has 11 or 12 years, what do you think about that? And then just, if they say, no, I have to have the experience, basically the search is over at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. if they say, hey, Rob, that's that's a good idea. That's why I'm hiring you to come up with solutions. 
then I'll go out and find somebody that, 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 yeah. that you know, that maybe has five years less of experience, but has the attributes and the skills. Yeah. And that's, that's well, yeah. And ultimately you say, Hey, look, you know, people don't want lateral transfers. I mean, usually, you know, people don't want lateral transfers. You can go scour the market and you know, maybe you'll find somebody who want, who's willing to take a lateral transfer and, and wants to upend their life for that. But then the question becomes, Hey, look, you know, are you willing to grow somebody? Are you yeah. willing to take somebody who is maybe a, a you know, manager and make them a director and then allow them to grow into the role and work with them? Yeah. Uh, or are you, are you willing to take a director who's, you know, wanting to be a VP and ready to move into that role and willing to be you know, willing to take the risk on? And the other thing that does is, is you're hiring people for the right reasons, because if you hire somebody just based on money, if you take the person Based, you know, they have yeah. the full package and they're going to make a move because you're going to give them 12 and a half percent increase in salary. What's going to happen is six months, 12 months, two years down the road, another recruiter from yeah. Perry maybe calls the guy up and says, Hey, I got to, you know, if, you know, if, if it's the same $180,000 year guy, Hey, I, I got a job in, uh, you know, Kansas city for two Oh five. Okay. Yeah. He's going to jump probably. So why would you want to do that? But if you find the person that has all those attributes and skills and everything that's that's in direct alignment with the culture, that that's a, a marriage made in heaven. That guy's could be there for a long, long time. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, look, I, I, anybody who's just willing to jump, you know, there's got to be, you know, it's, it's, it's the six things. It's the six things we always talk about. You know, it, it's the six things we always talk about when, you know, what people want in a, in a role, you know. Challenge, location, ability to move up the food chain, yeah. money, people, and security, right? And purpose. Yeah. And purpose. And if, yeah. if and if it's and if if someone is just moving around because of money, you know, that that musical chair, yeah, I, you're seeing it with pilots right now in our industry. I was just talking oh. to I was just talking to a guy the other day. He's like, I just had to give my co-pilot, you know, my not my co-pilot, but my co-captain, you know, a $30,000 pay raise. Because, you know, if we don't, somebody else is going to poach him. And my boss is now mad because I unilaterally gave him a $30,000 pay raise. I'm like, well, I'd sort of be a little mad as well, you know, if you just did it unilaterally. Um, But on the flip, you know, so you just don't want to get, I think that's a knife fight you don't want to get into because it's got to be more than about money. It's a fight to the top. Yeah, you know, uh, I took on a search uh, last year for a, uh, a regional CPA firm. They were looking for managers. And if you go out and, and find a manager to take a manager's position, it's a fight to the top mm-hmm. because it's all about supply and demand. There's just not many CPAs mm-hmm. anymore. There's been all sorts of research and articles in Wall Street Journal about you know 700,000 CPAs have left the industry and they're going into tech and financial services and all this other stuff. So the only way we could, you know, I skinned that cat was to find like an experienced supervisor who was about two years away from the manager level. And then you hire that guy. And then he's taking it for qualitative reasons because, you know, in, in his existing firm, he sees the writing on the wall that, you know, managers aren't being promoted here. So come work for my client. If you do mm-hmm. a really good job, in, in 12 to 18 months, you could make manager. There, mm-hmm. there is a pathway there. So it's a quali- 
it's more of a qualitative reason as opposed to just taking a big increase in salary. One of the things, I mean, one of the things I, I talk to companies about, and I've had five or six of these conversations in the last month, is look, you know, do what, you know, figure out what people want for you to become the employer of choice. Exactly. We talk about, yeah, money's one thing. The ability to run a business is another thing. You know, the, you know what's, what's the territory or what's the job look like? What are the two or three things that people are balking on that you can fix? So that, yeah. you're, you know, so that you're not just you know, hoping and praying that you're bringing people in and getting them to stick. You're not threading the needle. You're, you're like, you, right. you want them immersed in your business. You want them, you, you want them in. You know, what do you need to do to become the insu- employer of choice? And that is the value of an executive search firm, right. as opposed to just mm-hmm. a headhunter, somebody who's just sending resumes in. True executive search is all about, you know, being a trusted advisor, recruiting on a consultative basis, because we have to get the needs from the client, but we also have to we also have to help the client. Yep. How can you create through innovation and creative thinking? a landing spot that people really want to go to. How could you be like the New York Yankees of baseball or the Dallas Cowboys of football or the LA Lakers of basketball? How can you be that franchise? How could you be that company where it becomes a magnet almost? That's what you want to create. And that's up to guys like you and me to help yeah. our clients come up with that vision, you know, because you and I probably know the competitive landscape better than our individual clients do because we see such a cross section every yeah. day. Yeah. I just bought a plane ticket. You know, I bought a plane ticket a couple of weeks ago. Flew out to the West Coast to go meet with a client. And this is the very, we sat in a boardroom and we wipe, we whiteboarded it out for two hours. Here's what yeah. you need. Become the employer of choice. Absolutely. There you go. You know, so that people are jumping up and down going, yeah. I mean, look, there's some things you can't change. There's, you can't change your location. You, maybe you're not in a desirable city. All right. So what you need to do is figure out the attributes of that city. Hey, look, you know, you, you know, we got a bad rap, but here's the reality of what you know living here is like. You know, a lot of people pick on New Jersey, so I'll pick on New Jersey. But you know New Jersey well. And you go out to the western parts of New Jersey where there's actually a lot of farmland and some nice towns. Oh, yeah. Some really, some really wide open places and the schools in New Jersey. Yeah, it's a little bit more expensive to live there, but but ultimately, you know, there's yeah, there, there's a quality of life. I know a fellow who lives in Jersey City, and he bumps over. He doesn't even own a car. His job is in Manhattan, and he bumps over to Manhattan, and he's like, "Yeah, I love it here. We walk, we walk to restaurants. We walk to everywhere, the grocery store. We we, you know, if I need to get to work, I just you know, I walk three blocks to the subway." And I bump into the city, and and, and it's we have the ultimate quality of life. My kids go to great schools. Okay, so you know, you know it's a, it's about selling the lifestyle. It's about understanding. I think what value you know people are. I think they they narrowly define the jobs and the searches, and they don't get creative enough to go. What can we do to really attract? What yeah. do we need to do to really attract yeah. the right people to our company? I took a client on about uh, 10 years ago. They had 13 people and insurance agency in Virginia. And the guy came to me and he said, 
33 years old. He just taken over the firm from his father. They've been in business 25, 30 years, pretty much the same size, 12 people, 13, 14, 15 people. I went on Glassdoor and I looked on Glassdoor and there was a lot of negativity. Like it was like a revolving door. No process, you know, blah, blah, blah. I went to him and, I, and we're having the same conversation that you and I are, are having. How do we create a destination? And over the course of like the next 10 years, they instituted a, a bunch of different things. They were the first to inter, introduce innovative in uh, collaborative technology way before uh, COVID. And they offered people the opportunity, if it was the right person, to work remotely or to work on a hybrid basis. They had salesforce.com, nice offices. They moved into a high rise in Tyson's. He created, you know, a Google culture. It was high end. He developed a really cool place to live. Mm -hmm. They actually have an Academy Awards ceremony at the end of each year at a local country club. And they give awards out to a lot of their employees. Mm -hmm. And it's a black tie thing. They have a band. I mean, it, it's just really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. They became, over the course of a couple of years, the choice of a lot of a lot of young insurance, diverse candidates. I was over there right after the holidays. I think about seventy-five people now. They grew from thirteen people to seventy-five people. I love it. And their average age is thirty-four years old. I mean, think about this for a second. So, the average age of an insurance agency is probably around 55, probably. And I'm probably being conservative, okay? It's a lot of old people. Nobody wants to go into insurance anymore. It's kind of like accounting now, you know? Everybody goes into tech. But these guys can draw from all over Virginia, Pennsylvania, Maryland, D.C., because everybody, everybody knows who they are. And it was because they stopped focusing on money, and they focused on creating a destination, threading the needle. To get from 13 to 75, let me tell you something, man, we had to thread that needle many, many times. You know? Well, yeah, it sounds like you opened up your aperture, though. Instead of threading the needle, you opened the aperture. Yeah. And here's what we did. Exactly. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, there's a, exactly right. there's a client of mine in Texas. I love what they do. Here's what they do. They bring the person in. They say, look, this is not about you. This is about you and your family. Before we'll put an offer letter in front of you, we want, you know, you know, and it always comes down to, you know, we want you and your wife to sit down and have dinner with us because we want your wife to understand who we are as people too, or your spouse, not just your wife, your spouse, you know, and, and we want your spouse to know that when we talk about Joe and Fred and, and Jimmy or Mary, who you know, they are and what we're all trying to accomplish here and that they're a part of this as much as, as you are. I'm like, you know, that's opening, like that's opening the aperture. Very, I mean, yeah. you talk about, Hey, look, you know, here's, you know, cause people are wired to know, you know, oh, we're going to go move yeah. to Dallas. No. Yeah. yeah. This sounds like the mad men culture, you know, with Don Draper, you know, with the well, family involved and everything. Yeah, well, I maybe it is, but I like I like the fact that they do it because yeah. every because everybody for every, for it to be successful, everybody involved has yeah. to have buy-in, right? Here's what happened to me back in the back in the private equity days when I was doing a lot of recruiting 
Roman Tilton and Patriarch. Uh, I had a cross country placement and it was a big job. It was like a $300,000 COO. And I'm recruiting this guy and I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be a big one. And uh, I'm talking with my wife, uh, Stephanie. And Stephanie says, you know, boy, this sounds like a big move. It was, it was something like from Atlanta to LA or something. I made a big move. Yeah. And she says, uh, are you sure this guy is, is going to take this job? I said, oh, yeah, the guy's all over. He, you know, we're going to get him the money and everything. And she goes, is this guy married or anything? And I said, yeah, I think he's got a wife and I think he's got a couple of kids or something. And she And <laughs> Stephanie says, is the wife on board with all this stuff? Because this sounds like a big move, you know, and, and, you know. Stephanie was putting herself in the in the place yeah. of his wife and kids, right? And I said, you know, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to call him during the daytime. And he's not going to be home. And I'm going to get the wife on the phone. And I'm just going to mention something. I didn't know what I was going to say, right? And my wife's like, ah, you know, that's kind of risky. But I said, I'm going to do it. I just want to see if, if, if the wife even knows about what's going on here, right? Sure enough, I call the house at like 3 mm -hmm. o'clock. His wife answers the phone. I said, her name was Doris. I said, Doris, so what do you think about Jim? Who is this? I said, this is Rob. I'm an executive search consultant. She goes, what do you call me for? And I said, hey, I just wanted to check in to see if everything was good with the move. And she goes, the move where? I said, I'm talking to your husband about taking a COO job. He hasn't mentioned anything. She goes, he's not taking any COO job. What are you talking about? No. Nope. Yeah. I called Jim up and Jim's like, well, Rob, I haven't talked to the wife yet. I wanted to make sure I got the offer first. I'm like, Jim, let me tell you something. It doesn't work that way. Doris is not moving to Los Angeles. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. That's something I talk about for you all the time. Like, if you're not serious about this, don't don't make people go through, jump through hoops to write an offer. <laughs> but yeah, I learned, you, man. Yeah, you learned. Yeah, that was, I know, I know when you did that search and that was like 27 years ago. And, you know, and that's when I, and that's when I. I decided I'm going to recruit locally insurance. I'm not going to deal with Relo anymore. Yeah, I realize. Look, Relo is a pain in the neck, and and that's the oh, but that's man. the hard. But that's once again, it's thread the needle. It's it's exactly. like all right, you know, you got to yeah. And I talk talk to company. Yeah, the best thing companies can do is look, open the aperture, get creative. Yeah, HR yeah. teams, HR teams, HR teams, and hiring managers need to be on board and say, okay, look, you know, we have a pot of money. How that pot of money gets spent? If you don't have Relo. Maybe you give up a sign-on bonus to cover somebody else, somebody's equity that they leave it on the table, right? Yeah. If, you know, if you got a local candidate, maybe you, you maybe you give them a sign-on bonus because you're going to spend the money on reload anyway, right? You have a pot of money. You think about it. You open the aperture, and I think that's what it's all about now is 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 you know that constant communication about you know what is the right person look like? What are we willing to work? You know, what are we willing to do? to get them and how is it all going to look? But, but it ultimately comes down to the communication, making sure everybody's on board. And sometimes you have to increase the salary a little bit too. You know? Salary, you know, experience, take an up and comer, whatever the job spec says, you make it plus or minus 20%, right? Yeah. And then sometimes you have to hire that diva, that Odell Beckham too, you know? Every company needs a diva, man. You know, yeah, to you, to an extent. Sometimes, yeah. you, sometimes you find a guy, and I, I tell my client, "We got to go get this guy, man, or we got to go get this gal, man." You just ha you have to have this person, no. man. because another ten, twenty thousand a year. I mean, this person, 
could grow your business by millions. I, I, mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Don't get cheap on me here, man. You know? So sometimes you have those conversations too. There's a young lady I placed a couple of years ago and she's phenomenal. And, and she's so entrepreneurial and so energetic. And, 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 you know, she wants to take, take it one more level. And, you know, you're talking to companies you are saying, look, think about, Think about her in the, you know, think about her in the aggregate. Yeah, yeah. Don't think about her with regards to a position you have now. Think about the talent that she brings. Oh, yeah. To yeah. your team. And the minute somebody does that, boom, they'll, she'll change their business. Yeah. And, and, you know, talent begets more talent, too. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it is. It's like, once again, you know, think about. Change the whole culture, man. How much is that worth? You know what I think mean? Think about in six in six months. You know, in six months, what what could this person be doing? If, if what could this person be doing for us? If we gave her six months or a year to run, and then the answer is, you know, she changed the business. But you know, too many people think quarter to quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's a horrible thing to way to do it. So awesome. How do people get a hold of you, Rob? Rob at mrfairfax.com. It's in the bottom left of the screen. Uh, I'm all over the internet. I'm going to be doing a series on exactly what we're talking about, headhunting. I'm going to talk about how it's done, why it's done, where it's done, who does it. I'm excited about that. So uh, for my viewers, looking forward to that. But yeah, Craig, I enjoy being on the show, man. And uh, March Madness rocks, man. Who, Who takes it all? Who's your bet? Who's I'd in the finals? I would be willing to bet my house. Matter of fact, I tried to bet my house with a neighbor on Houston. So just keep that in mind. It's going to be Houston. It's like the men versus the boys out there. Houston is going to crush it, man. I I really can't see anybody beating Houston. Yeah, three times: Alabama, Houston, Texas, and K State. That's yeah, kind of I where mean, that's kind of where my money is right now. Uh, it's, uh, the you know Final Four. I don't know if I can get to the Final Four because I haven't seen the brackets. But the best four, I think, I think, uh, yeah, depending on how the brackets are set up. But Houston is a contender. Alabama's a contender. And, and you know, the, the other thing about Houston centers. is the intangibles. They have five slime pajamas sitting literally behind the bench, egging them on. You got Clyde Drexler, Michael Young, oh my Akeem Olajuwon are just there behind the bench, just urging them uh, on. Those guys back in Olajuwon the eighties going crazy. Were, were were those guys back in the eighties were amazing. And it would it would be nice to see a, a repeat of that, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, and the way they lost too, you know, Valvano yeah. beat him with that lucky shot at the end. You know? Yeah, the guy was waiting under the basket. He, he just tapped it in. Now Elajuan is just jumping out of his shoes at these games. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'm watching him more than I am the game, actually. You know, <laughs> I he's love got it. that big Jamaican hat on. You know, he was a class act. He, he he's a class act. Akeem Olajuwon was a class act in the NBA. Yeah, he was. Phenomenal guy. So cool. Happy Monday. Peace, brother. Keep it going. All right, man. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube, just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pickett.